All right, it is 23 October. Hey, that means that I've got a birthday coming up in my family really soon. Oh, I just can't wait. We're just going to abuse this person in open public. Um, well, it's 23 October. It Yesterday, just so you know, was Sergio of Sergio and Rhoda in Israel. It was his birthday. So uh, that was very nice to uh, share a couple minutes with him yesterday. I was doing a lot of other things, but I did get a little time with them. Uh, it's 23 October. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Marxist in the White House. Yes, that and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, a couple notes. The first is that John and Shauna have come down from the middle of the state. Now, they've been here and they brought their beautiful daughter as well. They, uh, they've been here for the Bible study quite a few times. They've driven all the way from the middle of the state. It's four-hour drive. Is that right? Two, oh, two hours each way. Okay, so four hours back and forth uh, just to attend Bible study. They've done that quite a few times, but they, this is their first time fellowshipping with us. So be sure that when we take a break later, you give them a noogie and uh, uh, there you go. Wonderful to have you guys here. Um, yes, that's how we say hi here. Um, okay, one other thing is early voting for Sarasota, Florida starts on 24th of this month. So be sure to vote early and vote as many times as you legally can, okay? Um, and I will add this note in because we are not, we are not a tax-exempt organization here. We're not 501c3. Vote Republican. Do not vote Democrat, okay? I can say that and I can say it happily. Do not vote Democrat, all right? So here we go. We got some news from Israel, from the Times of Israel. Trump warns Jews. You may have seen this. If you did, that's great. I still want people that haven't seen this to hear it. Trump warns U.S. Jews to get their act together, says he easily could have been the prime minister in Israel. Uh, President Trump railed against U.S. Jews, telling them to get their act together and accusing them of not being appreciative enough of his support for Israel. Well, they're liberals. That's, he doesn't understand this, that they, a lot of them are self-loathing. They don't like the uh, things that uh, he does and uh, that the, uh, you know, they, they don't like Israel. They're just, so he's not really getting that, I guess. But uh, while claiming he was so popular among Israelis that he could easily be elected prime minister. Trump has frequently castigated U.S. Jews for their perceived lack of gratitude and support and often conflated Israeli interests with those of American Jews. That's true. He does conflate them because they are one group of people, even though they may be in a different nation. Okay, And they'll admit that quietly behind the scenes, but they'll never admit that when they're, uh, is it working? It is working. Good. Um, a poll conducted by the Israeli Democracy Institute in November 2020 found that 70 percent of Jewish Israelis considered a victory for Trump over Biden in the U.S. presidential election to be preferable for Israeli interests. So uh, he's very well loved in Israel by the people that live there. The Jews here don't understand that someday they will be on the persecution list and they will want to go to Israel and he will be the one to have secured their safety. Okay, this is just the way it is, whether they're willing to admit it or not. Uh, liberalism is a sickness of the mind to start with. Add in Jews that are the epitome of liberals, and you've got a real problem with thinking in the uh, group of people there. And Trump is right about this. He's 100% right. But 
Okay, Times of Israel, anti-Semitic and insulting. The White House denounces Trump's attack on U.S. Jews. Nothing anti-Semitic about saying that people that should be supporting Israel should be supporting Israel. And if they're not, they're deluded. There's nothing anti-Semitic at all about that from the Times of Israel. If Israel sends weapons to the Ukraine, it will destroy Moscow ties. Now, this is an issue. This came out earlier in the week, and everybody in the government saying this won't happen. Well, guess what? This morning, which maybe I'll read you next week, uh, I'll add it in, or maybe I'll just say enough where I won't bother with it, but Netanyahu said that he may consider doing this if he's the prime minister again. So this is a really uh, important issue to understand. Former President Medvedev warned Israel against sending weaponry to Ukraine, saying it would destroy all diplomatic relations between Jerusalem and Moscow. His comments came shortly after explosive-laden suicide drones, apparently including Iranian-made shahids, struck Ukraine's capital. Medvedev's warning was an apparent response to an Israeli minister's call for Jerusalem to send military aid to the Ukraine after reports that Iran was set to provide Moscow with ballistic missiles. A report by the Russia state-owned Sputnik News tied Medvedev's comments directly to the statement by Diaspora Minister Nachman Shai. This morning, it was reported that Iran is transferring ballistic missiles to Russia. There's no longer any doubt where Israel should stand in this bloody conflict. The time has come for Ukraine to receive military aid as well, just as USA and NATO continues to provide, Shai wrote. From the Times of Israel, Australia quietly walks back recognition of West Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Now, this is kind of funny what happened. You may have heard this, you may not have, but Australia had recognized because of Trump's first leadership that West Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. All of a sudden, you get a liberal government in there, and what happens? In recent days, Canberra's Department of Foreign Affairs deleted two sentences addressing Jerusalem from its website. They didn't announce it. They just deleted it, and somebody happened to catch it, which were added when Prime Minister Morrison announced the move in 2018. The now-deleted text described West Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and noted that Australia looks forward to moving its embassy to West Jerusalem when practical in support of and after the final status determination of a two-state solution. Foreign Minister Penny Wong of the Labor Party, which formed the government after winning federal elections in May, said as an opposition senator in 2018 that her center-left party does not support unilateral recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and in uh, government would reverse this decision. So she said she would do it. Now, I'd like you to know anytime something says center-left that's a lie. They always say the right is all the way far right. You never hear anything but that anymore. Center left means total liberal numbskull. That's all that means. From the Times of Israel, Australia says no change to 2018 recognition of West Jerusalem as Israel's capital. This came out right after that. The denial by Foreign Minister Wong, she said that didn't happen, came hours after The Guardian reported that Australia's Department of Foreign Affairs had quietly walked back the decision, pointing to the removal of two sentences addressing Jerusalem from its website. A little while later, Times of Israel, Australia officially drops recognition of West Jerusalem as Israel capital. I guess Wong got it Wong. Okay, from The Guardian. 
Israel criticizes Labor's decision to drop recognition of West Jerusalem as its capital. So Australia doesn't know what they're doing because they're led by a bunch of liberals. That's what that means. We have some news concerning Christianity. Okay, I mentioned this last week. I'll mention it again this week. Uh, nobody has uh, come forward on any of this this week. Um, there's no roof needed because that was paid for a week ago, but uh, it, the school in Kenya needs plastering, $2,690, doors and windows, 600 So if anybody wants to help with that, if not, we'll continue to peck away on it month by month until it's all paid for. From the blaze, pro-life news anchor fired for practicing partisan politics at her church. Now imagine that, if this was a lefty being fired for what they said outside of the job that would make all of the news forever and ever until eternity ends or something. But when it's a person that's fired for practicing partisan politics at her church, it happens. An award-winning news director and co-anchor in Nebraska was recently fired from her job after her bosses discovered she had advocated for a pro-life initiative at her own church. Melanie Standiford of Curtis, Nebraska, was fired at NBC affiliate KNOP-TV, a gig she had enjoyed for five years after executives at parent company Gray TV learned that she had helped collect signatures at St. John's Lutheran Church and one other church in the hopes of making the small town of Curtis a sanctuary city for the unborn. You get fired for that on your own time. Imagine that. The ballot initiative in Curtis is part of a larger network of similar initiatives circulating in six small northeastern towns to create a larger safe haven for unborn babies and pregnant women in the western area of the state. The initiatives are largely symbolic, as the closest abortion clinic is hundreds of miles away in Denver. However, if they pass, they will make a statement that these small towns with a population of totaling of just over 3,500 people are an abortion-free zone. And she gets fired for that. Like I said, if it was a lefty and they got fired for something outside of their job, that's all we'd hear about forever from the left. Breitbart, Pope Francis calls for restrictions on arms production and distribution. Francis has called for greater restrictions on weapons worldwide, spanning the production, marketing, and possession of both heavy and light arms. How many cases have we seen of children dead for handling weapons in their homes? How many massacres have been perpetrated due to the easy access to them in some countries? Okay, this guy wants to do away with arms, and anytime you do away with arms, what is the natural result? The people that aren't doing away with arms come in and take over. Okay, just this past week, uh, just a couple days ago, Trudeau, Trudeau said no more sales of any handguns in Canada. No more transfers of any handguns in Canada. You can't even give your gun to your son anymore in Canada. This is going to result in the same disaster that it resulted in in the UK and in Australia. Mark my words on this, they're going to have troubles. And all of the gangs that are not going to give up their guns and can make them freely right on line with their little printers are going to have a heyday in Canada. Mark my words on this. From Newsmax, Pope urges UN reform after Ukraine war, COVID limits. Francis said the need to reform the United Nations was more than obvious after the COVID-19 pandemic and the Ukraine war exposed its limits. Well, seeing as how they're the ones that perpetrated the whole thing, I would wonder why he'd even bring this up. 
He said Russia's February invasion of Ukraine highlighted the need to ensure current multilateral structure finds more agile and effective ways of resolving conflicts. The necessity of these reforms became more than obvious after the pandemic, when the current multilateral system showed all its limits. Francis denounced the unequal distribution of vaccines as a glaring example of the law of the strongest prevailing over solidarity. Well, the nations that did not get the vaccines are now the healthiest nations on this planet. This guy is just a damaging person. He advocated organic reforms aimed at allowing international organizations to rediscover their essential purpose of serving the human family and said the international institutions must be the result of the widest possible consensus. He's looking for a global democracy, which means a global tyranny. That's all that he's looking for. He is a communist and he's looking to send the world exactly where the book of Revelation says that we are going. He also proposed guaranteeing food, health, economic, and social rights on which international institutions would base their decisions. But he's not moving them into his house. He's not moving them into his house, is he? Okay, we got some news from the Mideast in Africa today, from the Jerusalem Post. The Russia-Iran drone axis is now a global threat. Russia's use of Iranian drones in the Ukraine is growing, and it is clear that the threat now must be taken seriously, not just in the Middle East or Ukraine, but on a global scale. This is because Iranian-style drones have also been exported either in places or their blueprints to the Houthis in Yemen, Hezbollah, and Hamas. They now have much larger ranges than in the past and new technology that enables more precise strikes. The fact that Russia is openly using these types of kamikaze drones, or what are known as loitering munitions, shows that Iran's drone program is now growing beyond something that is used by militant and terror groups. This type of drone, the Shahed-136, is now being used often in attacks by Russia, which may have ordered thousands of these drones or is making them locally. Not much is known about how Russia procures the drones or what it may have added to them. Nevertheless, it is clear from the tail numbers on those that have crashed, been downed, or hit targets that there are hundreds of these drones. Israel has been providing Ukraine with basic intelligence on the Iranian drones used by Russia in its invasion. This illustrates two key points. First, countries are now concerned about the proliferation of Iran's armed drones. Russia is trying to wreak havoc with them, and this harms civilians. In addition, the U.S. and others have been concerned about Iran's drones for years, especially in the Yemen War, Iraq, and the Gulf. The expansion of the Iran-Russia drone axis means that Iran's drones may now be acquired by more countries, such as Ethiopia, Venezuela, and the drones are apparently being made in Tajikistan. Stopping Russia's drones, and in a sense, stopping Iran's drones, is therefore on the agenda of Western air defenders. U.S. Central Command has warned for years about the growing drone threat. The U.S. military and DOD are rushing ahead to field systems that can counter unmanned aerial systems. So there you go with that from the Times of Israel. Iran reportedly set to ship ballistic missiles to Russia for use in Ukraine. Iran is planning to ship missiles and drones, we just did the drones, to boost Russia's dwindling supplies amid their invasion of Ukraine. Iran is preparing 
its first delivery of short-range ballistic missiles to Russia during the war, which will include Fateh-110 and Zulf-Agar missiles, capable of reaching targets 300 and 700 kilometers away. Iran is also getting ready to supply additional unmanned aerial vehicles, including dozens of Mohajer 6s and kamikaze drones known as the Shahad-136, which I just mentioned, which can carry explosives and crash into targets at a distance of up to 2,400 kilometers. Ukraine has provided evidence that Iranian-made drones, which appear to be repainted and given Russian names, have been used in strikes across the country by Russia. So drones, ballistic missiles, Iran is profiting big off of this war. From Israel Today, Iran rapidly expanding ability to enrich uranium. Tehran intends to go further with its uranium enrichment program that it had previously planned, according to a confidential report from the United Nations IAEA. As indirect talks between Iran and the U.S. to revive the 2015 Iran nuclear deal have stalled, the Islamic Republic has begun to deploy a growing number of advanced centrifuges that the accord forbids it from using to produce enriched uranium. The machines are far more efficient than the first-generation IR-1 centrifuges, which the deal allows Iran to use to increase its stockpile of enriched uranium. Iran has been constructing the advanced centrifuges, especially at two underground sites in the Tants and Fordo, which are designed to withstand aerial bombardment. The IAEA has recently warned its member states that the third of three cascades or clusters of advanced IR-6 centrifuges recently installed at the underground fuel enrichment plant at Natanz has come online. Iran completed the installation of seven cascades that were either incomplete or in an early stage of installation on August 31st. The seven cascades, each made up of one IR-4 centrifuge and six IR-2M machines were fully installed, but not yet enriching uranium. From Just the News, a decade later, Obama admits he made a mistake failing to support the 2009 Iranian uprisings. Okay, he supported every single uprising in Africa and the Middle East except Iran. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that we'd get to the point that we are at right now. He's been pulling Biden's strings to allow Iran to sell oil for the past two years to get all of the money back that Trump had taken away from them. They're wealthy again. They have plenty of oil to send to China every single day, as we've been reporting. And now he says this. Now, when they're ready to build nuclear bombs, now when they are funding Russian war with ballistic missiles and Iranian drones, now he suddenly decides it's because the war industry can go on as the Democrats always love it to go on. Here we go. JTN, just the news. Team Biden does 180 on Iran protests as Obama admits mistake not to back 2009 demonstrations. It's too late, folks. They've already got their clutches and everything. They've got enough power where they can just quash their own citizens' revolts. And this was all known by that guy all along. Team Biden does a 180 on Iran protests as Obama admits mistake not to back 2009 demonstrations. There you go. Okay, now we got something interesting from Mongolia, from mining.com. Germany looks to Mongolia in push for critical raw materials. 
Germany wants to expand investment in Mongolia to help secure strategically important raw materials, including copper and rare earths. The East Asian nation can be a reliable partner for Germany as it seeks to diversify suppliers and guarantees access to the materials it needs in areas like battery and chip production. Major economies like Germany are now competing fiercely for increasingly scarce resources and access to metals and rare earths is crucial for their climate and digital transitions. So Mongolia is a little hub of supplying these things that China has a real monopoly over right now and they're going all over the world looking for other sources. They've got them in Australia, they've got some in South America, and yes, we have them in the West, okay? But the government is not really doing anything about that because the government, yeah, the government really wants to see China take this country over. So, Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. What's going on there? From the Times of Israel. NASA spacecraft knocked asteroid far off course in first test of planetary defense. We talked about this when it was sent off, and you may have read this article, but I want people to know what NASA actually was able to do. NASA celebrated exceeding expectations during a mission to deflect a distant asteroid in a test of humanity's ability to stop an incoming cosmic object from devastating life on Earth. The refrigerator-sized double asteroid redirection test, DART test, impactor deliberately smashed into the moonlit asteroid Dimorphos, pushing it into a smaller, faster orbit around its big brother Didymus. The impact changed the asteroid's orbital period by 4%, or 32 minutes, from 11 hours and 55 minutes to 11 hours and 23 minutes, bettering an expectation of a 10-minute difference. At some point in the future, if we find an asteroid that is threatening to hit Earth and would be large enough to really do some damage, thank goodness that we will have had this successful test. The asteroid pair loop together around the sun every two and a half years and pose no threat to our planet, but they are ideal for studying the kinetic impact method of planetary defense. DART's success as a proof of concept has made a reality that was once science. Never actually photographed before, Dimorphos, which is 530 feet in diameter or roughly the size of an Egyptian pyramid, appeared as a speck of light around an hour before impact. Its egg-like shape and craggy, boulder-dotted surface finally came into clear view in the last few moments as Dart raced towards it at roughly 14,500 miles per hour. In the days that followed, astronomers rejoiced in stunning images of matter spreading out thousands of miles. Pictures collected by Earth and space telescopes as well as a tiny companion satellite that traveled to the zone with Dart but quantifying just how well the test worked required an analysis of light patterns from ground telescopes, which took a few weeks to become apparent. The binary asteroid system, which was around 6.8 million miles from Earth at impact, is visible only as a single dot from the ground. The dot's brightness changes as Dimorphos passes in front of Didymus, which is significantly bigger at a half mile wide. Four optical telescopes were involved in measuring the orbital period, all in Chile and South Africa, while two U.S.-based radar telescopes helped confirm the finding, said NASA planetary scientist Nancy Chabot. 
The test also showed scientists that the asteroid is less like a solid rock and more like a rubbish pile of boulders bound by mutual gravity. So I thought that was pretty cool that they actually did it. They hit this thing, they threw it out of orbit and I would think that it would be ironic. They said it's too far away to harm Earth, but if somehow this changes and it gets into a loop around the sun and gets slingshot right into the planet, that would be kind of funny. Uh, well, you know, you never know. Revelation talks about all kinds of things hitting the Earth. One of them might be that. We don't know. Yeah, more ironic than funny. Well, hey, Jesus has got me. I couldn't care at all. Okay, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From USA Today, after 80% population drop in four years, Alaska cancels snow crab season in unprecedented move. Officials canceled the fall Bristol Bay Red King crab harvest and for the first time on record are also holding off on the winter harvest of snow crab. The decision comes after stark recent population declines of the animals. Data from an NOAA Eastern Bering Sea survey shows a 92% decline in overall snow crab abundance from 2018 to 2021. Management of Bering Sea snow crab must now focus on conservation and rebuilding given the condition of the stock, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game said in a statement. However, listen to the next title. Epic Times, Alaskan snow crab fishery closed as Canada, Russia, report bumper harvests. I don't know. There's something going on there. I'll tell you something. When Donald Trump was president, what's that? Yeah, something fishy. When Donald Trump was president, I watched a meeting of his with the people in Maine. He went up to Maine to find out what they needed to be done. And one of the things that they were concerned about was the lobster harvests. And our uh, selling them to the European Union, okay? Now, they have the same bay. Half of it is Canada, half of it is the US, the same bay. The lobster that were caught in Canada went to the European Union with no taxes, okay, no tariffs. Ours were like 92% tariffs, okay? And Trump said, why is that? Well, that's what we negotiated, all right? So Trump said, that's going to stop right now. And he called somebody over and he says, you tell them that they're going to drop those tariffs or we will put a 92% tariff on their cars coming into America. And he did it right then. And it was resolved. This wasn't something he just said. They actually did it and they got these dropped. The same thing was true with blueberries. This side of the bay is Canadian. This side is uh, Maine. And they did it. And he said, we've been raped for years in the United States by these type of things, and we're not going to allow that anymore. I smell something like that going on right here with Alaska. That's, I, I don't know that for certain, but Trump had the best for the United States in mind, and because of that, he was the most hated man in this nation by the left. They want him destroyed because he is a man of principle, he's a man of integrity, he's a man of honor. When he says he's going to do something, he does it. And when he said, I am going to stand up for the people of the United States of America first, the entire world had a collective head explosion. Yeah. All right. Washington Post. More than 80% of the U.S. is facing troubling dry conditions. Severe to exceptional drought conditions remain common in the West, which has been battling its driest period in the past 1,200 years. Now, I'd like to send my sympathy out to these people because some of them have written me letters and they've told me how dry it is and my heart breaks for them. But I would like you to know that if it happened 1,200 years ago, 
then that means that this is not an abnormal thing. It just means that it's a cyclical thing. So keep things in perspective. Pray for the Christians that are suffering through this, but at the same time, understand that this has nothing to do with global warming or climate change or whatever they want to call it tomorrow. Okay, but the drought is now far more widespread with unusual dryness continuing in parts of the Northeast and expanding extreme drought conditions in the Midwest. So America's dry right now. If you haven't seen the pictures of the Mississippi, take a peek. I think it was CNN. Somebody yesterday had before and after, and it slides over. You can see what the Mississippi is like full and what it's like now. Big difference. Okay, New York Post. And that's causing trouble because they've got all the beans and stuff in the middle of America piled up in giant piles, and they cannot ship them down the Mississippi. So they've got to take individual trucks, trains, and ship it elsewhere. It's a real problem. Huh? at high diesel prices because we've got a person in the White House that does not believe in helping the American people. From the New York Post, California Governor Gavin Newsom announces COVID state of emergency will end in February of 2023. Unbelievable. Zero hedge. Few getting updated COVID-19 booster despite White House pleas. People have clued into that one. Saving lives, one non-booster at a time. Gateway Pundit. Pandemic of the vaccinated. New data from Walgreens. This is Walgreens data, folks. Reveals vaccinated people are more likely to test positive. According to recent data from over 8,000 Walgreens stores in the United States, the unvaccinated have the lowest incidence of COVID-19. And vaccinated people are more likely to test positive as seen by a seven-day moving average from October 9th through 15th, 2022. The positive rate by vaccination status shows that the unvaccinated group had only 19.5%. Those who received their last vaccine more than three months are more likely to get infected with COVID-119. Obviously, the vaccines are not working as advertised. The COVID booster mRNA vaccine effectiveness wanes after four months according to a study released by the CDC. Oh, my. They're not vaccines. That's exactly right. Hot air. Reuters fact check. We never said the vaccines would prevent anything. Yeah, can you imagine? And they had to go through a thousand little nuances to justify that, which means it's unjustifiable. CNN. A global epidemic of cancer among people younger than 50 could be emerging. Guess what they didn't include in their analysis? Gateway Pundit. Researchers now say, listen to this. Your kids are being vaccinated and they know what's coming. Listen to this. Researchers now say video games can cause heart attacks in children if they get too excited. Listen, I used to play Pac-Man. There is nothing more exciting on the planet than standing at Sarasota Square Mall with all your friends playing Pac-Man and being the winner. And I never saw one person die of a heart attack, ever. They are, they are letting the people of America be seething in their own stupidity. That's what they're doing. Morality is declining. Here's some news on that from The Federalist. Michigan is hiding a children's constitutional right to genital amputation in its abortion amendment. In less than one month, if Proposal 3 passes, anybody think it won't? 
Children will have a right under the Michigan Constitution to walk into one of the Planned Parenthood's or Planned Murderhood's 12 so-called gender-affirming facilities in the state and without parental notification, knowledge, or consent, obtain puberty blockers. And with Planned Murderhood of Michigan promising gender-affirming care via telehealth in the coming months, Mich- I can't even pronounce how they say this, Michiganders, They're, it's like Floridians, but they say Michiganders, whatever. Kids won't even need to leave their house to obtain these sterilizing drugs. Passage of Proposition 3 will also give boys a constitutional right to be castrated and girls the right under Michigan's constitution to be sterilized by the way of a hysterectomy or the removal of their ovaries, all without their parents' consent. Now, if one of these children is given an aspirin while they're in school, that nurse can go to jail for the rest of her life. But they're going to allow this in Michigan. Whitmer hides this reality from Michigan voters, leading Proposition 3 to be uniformly referred to as the abortion amendment, even though the expansive language of the proposed constitutional amendment reaches far beyond abortion. And on abortion alone, notwithstanding proponents' claims that passing this amendment simply restores the same protections that Michiganders had for five decades under Roe v. Wade, Proposition 3 goes far beyond the controlling Roe-Casey precedent. If passed, the constitutional amendment would create an extreme regime in Michigan of abortion on demand at any time for any reason without informed or parental consent and paid for by taxpayers. The expansive and legalistically worded language of Proposition 3 crafted by Planned Parenthood Plan murderhood and left-wing backers, however, extends beyond abortion to create a constitutional right to several aspects of what transgender activists call gender-affirming care, despite it being neither affirming nor caring. And Proposition 3 extends that right to all individuals, including children. This is not merely a political point, and it is not a worst-case scenario argument based on how some liberal activist judge or justice might interpret Proposition 3. This reality flows from the plain language of Proposition 3 and rests on general legal principles of constitutional construction. And they want to pass that in Michigan, and it will probably go through. My recommendation, if you are in Michigan, you have a child that you love, is to move out of Michigan. From Just the News, DeSantis, Florida GOP transforming higher education by going after woke ideology. Florida governor has pushed a bill that would allow parents to sue schools over the teaching of CRT. Zero hedge. Florida to revoke licenses of K through three teachers who discuss gender identity or sexuality. K dash three. I don't know if that means K through three or whatever, but K three teachers. Oh, kindergarten through third grade. Okay. From the Daily Caller. How about just the opposite on the left coast? California teacher fired allegedly for refusing to read LGBT books to five-year-olds. Okay, we got some other news from around the world. From Breitbart, critical race theory touted in Biden administration national security strategy. 
the Biden admin's national security strategy, a document that typically outlines a new admin's foreign policy guiding principles, goals, and aspirations touted the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, a term encapsulating programs and trainings based on CRT, which has its roots in Marxism. Marxist in the White House. Texas Tribune. D.C. Attorney General opens investigation into Republican governors relocating migrants to the Capitol. D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine has opened an investigation into whether southern border state governors misled immigrants as a part of what he called a political stunt to transport them to Washington. Never heard a word about this when New York did it to Hawaii years ago or where Biden has done it without asking any state governors continuously for the past two years. Not a word. Racine said that in interviews with his investigators, arriving migrants have talked persuasively about being misled with talk about promised services. I guarantee you that these people say, if you say this, we will give you money and we will buy you houses. And they are just setting these people up. This is a total lie. It's a fabrication. He offered no specifics about the inquiry, including whether it is being handled by his office's criminal or civil divisions. The attorney general's office declined to answer further questions. Various state and federal laws could apply to transporting immigrants across state lines. Like I said, the federal government's been doing it for two years without anybody's permission and with children that are unaccompanied. Racine's office could look into whether anyone committed fraud by falsely promising jobs or services, whether there were civil (laughs) rights violations or whether officials misused taxpayer money. Zero hedge. Tourists shocked as number of homeless encampments explodes in D.C. The number of homeless encampments has grown to an estimated 120. This isn't 120 people. This is 120 encampments following pandemic-era decisions by both the city and federal governments to pause enforcement actions, making it an easy choice for itinerants to set up shop. This week found at least 35 vagrants in residence at a National Park Service site two blocks from the White House, more than 20 in the green spaces surrounding the State Department complex and five across the street from the infamous Watergate Hotel. And these sites accounted for less than 5% of the estimated 120 tent cities in D.C. The number of people living on the street has exploded since Biden's inauguration. Flashback. Charlie Garrett checked it out from Mayor.DC. Mayor Bowser issues statement reaffirming that D.C. is a sanctuary city. From Town Hall. DeSantis plans to ship illegal migrants off to more states, including Biden's hometown. Spokesperson for DeSantis. He couldn't care about that guy over in Texas suing him. He couldn't care. He's going to do what's right. A spokesperson for DeSantis said that he is getting ready to send illegal migrants to Illinois and President Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. Roughly about 100 migrants will be dispersed between the two states, which is set to begin in December. I hope he sends the ones that were caught uh, doing that illegal um, looting recently, send them up to Biden's hometown. They were originally scheduled for beginning of October, but Hurricane Ian delayed the process. However, DeSantis communications director told the AP that while Florida has 
had all hands on deck responding to our catastrophic hurricane, the Immigration Relocation Program remains active. This comes after DeSantis sent nearly 50 illegal migrants to the swanky liberal island Martha's Vineyard last month, outraging Democrats. As a result, a Texas sheriff launched an investigation that sparked speculation that illegal migrants might be able to stay in the United States under a U visa, which is a kind of immigrant status for victims of certain crimes that occur on U.S. soil. So he's saying that what happened to these people being sent to a nice location was a crime against them. And so he's demanding that they get to stay in America forever with benefits. Uh, take that sheriff out and zero hedge. Hours before decrying horrifying images, Biden DHS head was told, this is before they ever came out and said anything, border agents did not whip Haitian migrants. These people literally hate the United States of America. They are traitors to this nation and every one of these people that is in the Biden administration should be charged with treason and they should be whatever, whatever you do with traitors. Okay, our nation saw horrifying images that do not reflect who we are. We know that those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism, Mayorkas said at a White House press conference 2.5 hours after he was notified that whipping had been debunked. Traitor. Traitor to the nation. Who said it? You're not going to believe this. You're not going to get it, and you're not going to believe it. Who said it? This guy was looking forward a couple of people. You'll know what I'm saying in a minute. If there is no ultimate truth to guide and direct political activity, then ideas and convictions can easily be manipulated for reasons of power. As history demonstrates, a democracy without values easily turns into openly or thinly disguised totalitarianism. Who said that? I can't believe you got that. I, you know what? I can't believe the guy actually said that. And then two terms later, we have this guy in here. He was like knowing this was going to happen. We got a bit of irony here for you. Gateway Pundit. Moderna CEO announces development of new mRNA injection to repair heart muscles after a heart attack. Imagine that. They have just caused millions of people to have heart problems, and now they've developed an injection to take care of that out of the same technology that caused it in the first place. Epic Times. California man sues makers of Texas Pete hot sauce after realizing the product is made in North Carolina. Yes. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't read Alessric. I got to read that. NASA's taken to playing with DART to see how they can blow things apart. When an asteroid's close, that's got plenty of gross, they can prompt it to do a restart. There you go. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.